0: You know you're getting old when it's a struggle to finish a piece of cake.
1: Hello, welcome to Tencent Takes, the podcast where we time jump two years into the future. One issue, or at least this issue at a time. My name is Jessica Fraser, and I'm joined by my co-host, the lucid learner, Mike Thompson.
0: I have no idea what kind of sound effect to make for that.
1: <laughs> sound ethereal or something. I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe nails on a chalkboard? Meh.
1: <laughs> oh, yikes. That's great. But you know what's even better? <laughs> <laughs> is that if you are absolutely new to our podcast, what a time to join. Let me tell you about the purpose. And that is to study comic books in ways that are both fun and informative. We want to look at their coolest, weirdest, and silliest moments, as well as examine how they're woven into the larger fabric of pop culture and history. And today we're celebrating a pretty big milestone, our second anniversary. (laughs) So we launched the show back in March 2021, and we wanted to do something special to mark the occasion. Thank you for writing the script, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we didn't want to do a clip show, or at least Mike really didn't. I just went along. I don't really care what we do. (laughs) So we (laughs) instead decided to come up with a couple of questions for each other. And also invite some friends of the show to send some questions to us as well. This is gonna be a lot yeah. of fun. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, we we had a lot of good questions sent in by a lot of really cool people. It's also very weird to realize that we have been doing this now for two years and
1: two years.
0: You know, it, it's just surreal. It's cool, man. It's been it's been such a huge boon for my mental health over the last two years during a prolonged pandemic with an immunocompromised family. So thank you very much for joining me on this journey.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And honestly, it has really given me the strength to dig into my inner nerd in a way (laughs) that I hadn't tapped into prior, I think. So thank
0: you. Yeah, because you weren't nerdy at all, because the first time that you and I hung out, you absolutely did not convince me to download that Harry Potter. Was it Wizards Unite? I don't remember. It was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was Pokemon Go with a with a Harry Potter skin, which now Harry Potter is dead to us, but that's a whole other thing. It is
1: thing. dead to us. Yeah. At that point, it was like she w- didn't seem to be making money at that point. So I was like, OK, I'm not paying any money to like do things on this. I'm just going to like whatever she hadn't gotten really
0: problematic at that point either like that's the thing
1: oh you know sadly the books are really problematic if you go through and like Mm. look at them but i think it had been sanitized through the movies in a way that didn't make the books as noticeable in what they were doing
0: it's really weird though how that particular brand is tied to the show because we met yeah. At a boy wizard trivia event
1: that <laughs>
0: via, via Maya Cobabe, it's funny because we ended up all meeting at the trivia event because Maya Kobe gathered us all up onto a team together. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's very strange how, just how things work out sometimes.
1: Yeah, it totally is. It absolutely is. What a freaking journey. Yeah.
0: What do you say? You want to get started on this road trip?
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Vroom, vroom.
0: All right. So the format of the show today is a little bit different than normal. We have a couple of questions that we're going to ask each other, and then we're going to move on to those that were sent in by our friends of the show. And then we're going to close out with a couple of final questions for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So what's
1: your first question for me? Well, first question. What's been the most surprising aspect or event of our podcast journey so far?
0: I think it's that people not only decided to check out our show but they kept on coming back. It's it's actually pretty wild how much the show has grown over 2 years, like especially considering how niche of a topic it is and like don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to like downplay things. It's just, you know, we are a show that looks at Obscure comics, oftentimes old comics, and then figuring out what was going on, why it's interesting for that particular decade, how it affected things moving forward, what led up to it, that sort of thing. It's a weird blend of like history and pop culture. And for some reason, people keep on coming back. We've been talking about this over the past few days about looking at our traffic for March of this year and the first two days. We had more traffic than the entire month of March 2021, which was just gobsmacking
1: for us. That's (laughs) bananagrams, honestly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and generally the traffic keeps on going up. We were constantly kind of floored by the fact that more people keep downloading us. So thank you for those who have not only checked this out, but have decided to stick around. It's really validating and wonderful.
1: Yeah. And what's... Awesome too is that we're getting downloads from other countries. <laughs> yeah. I'm like people internationally want to listen to us, which is again just flooring to me.
0: India, that's the weird one.
1: So thank you. I appreciate everyone for listening. Like I appreciate you listening in and supporting us and um yeah, we love all of you. You're great.
0: Yep. What about you? What was the uh, most surprising aspect?
1: also on the people aspect, I find it very pleasantly surprising how many friends we found through this podcast, like both guests Mm -hmm. and other podcasters with whom we've networked. And we've been on other people's shows and they have been on our show. And we've had guests that are now our friends and have been on multiple times. And, you know, it's it is just such a good time. It's amazing to be able to meet all of these amazing people. And it feels really good that we've made this many unexpected friends along the way.
0: Yeah, it's really validating. Um, I just I think about the Secret Santa that we did this past yeah. year, and that was so much yeah. fun. It was like an hour of us all just sitting around the Zoom screen and laughing. It was great.
1: Yeah it legitimately was a bunch of people i would not have met if we did not start this podcast
0: yeah correct all right so i've got the next question when do you feel the show hit its stride like when do you feel like we had the focus and the format really nailed down and things had had really kind of gelled together into generally what the show is now
1: so i Saw your answer before I put my answer down, but I agreed with your answer. (laughs) Okay. So I stole it. Okay. (laughs) Because you said Spire Christian Comics. Yeah. And I agree with that. I felt that was also the first episode that really surprised me, listener wise. I was shocked to see how many people were interested in these weird ass comics. Yeah. That. We'd found it on a estate sale. Like who knew so many people would also dig going down this rabbit hole. And that has led me to owning even more of the series, which is such a fun blast. Thanks for helping me with that, by the way, Mike, because you you did acquire some of those for me and I found some of them into the dollar bins. And so, yeah, I aspire for a lot of reasons, I think.
0: I did find a framed copy of the Cross and the Switchblade comic, which I'm sorry, but that's mine. You can't have it.
1: No, absolutely. (laughs) Please.
0: (laughs) found that at the Petaluma Antique Fair for $10.
1: Amazing. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. Spire Christian Comics was definitely the episode where I think kind of things really came together. The Saturday morning cartoon episode, we did the first one. It was on the right track, but it was focusing on kind of a broad topic as opposed to individual comics. The movie ones that we did immediately afterwards, I thought they were really interesting, but we're not really a movie podcast. Same with Highlander, where we focused, well, when we say we, where I focused a little bit more on the brand than I should have. And I mean, it was still a fun Mm -hmm. episode to record and research. I had a blast with that, but it hadn't been kind of like refined to what I wanted to cover And Spire Christian Comics, I think, is the one where it's like this is a weird old comic series. Like the origins for it and everything leading up to it are pretty batshit. And yeah, (laughs) man, that was it. Like it, you know, it didn't take too long for us to find that.
1: Yeah, yeah, good times.
0: (laughs) All right, so our next question comes from Dan DG Chichester, who. We've had on the show twice. He is a fantastic friend of the show and he came on to discuss terror incorporated, which was a character he created for Marvel. And as part of a larger discussion on horror comics, and then he came back on this past October to talk about Hellraiser in comic form, which was great. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. It was such a good episode. Go back and listen to it. One of my favorites, honestly. Yeah.
0: Hello to my microphone friends at 10 cent takes props on your anniversary. My question, what comic should never be adapted to another medium and why? What's the special comic book magic that keeps it on the page? Who should play Terror in the Terror Incorporated movie? What would he or she bring that would capture the character and an audience? And here's a bonus question, who should direct? So I originally would have said the comic that should never be adapted Would be Neil Gaiman Sandman because it's just it feels like an unfilmable comic. But to be honest, the Netflix series, I think, surprised the hell out of everyone with that when they pulled it off. And Mm. that said, there is another Neil Gaiman creation called The Books of Magic that is just as epic and strange and has been in film development hell for a while. I'm actually surprised it hasn't been made into a film or TV show because it's a teen coming-of-age story set in the same kind of supernatural weirdness of the Sandman universe. But it's also incredibly deep and thoughtful and and really sad at times. And it's arguably a much more complicated story because there are so many times where the core beats focus on people and just how messy they are. Yeah. Yeah. It might still happen. It might be good, but I also don't feel like it needs an adaptation. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. totally.
0: DC Comics just put out a couple of omnibuses for it. I have the first one. I need to pick up the second. They never actually collected the entire series. It's 75 issues, I think, and they stopped collecting them into graphic novels with about issue 50.
1: Oh, rude.
0: Yeah, they finally put together the omnibuses that basically provide a complete collection of the series the third omnibus i believe is coming out and it's got a couple of like spin-off tie-in series
1: hmm nice yeah i feel like i've run across issues of that in the dollar bins i feel like i have like a few issues of oh that. yeah
0: i mean the original mini-series now is kind of hard to find affordably like it you know the yeah. it's not it's not unreasonable but it, it's not typically something you're going to find in a dollar bin because it's kind of like small graphic novels and there's four of them that's the original miniseries okay but the ongoing series was 75 issues and it was from vertigo in the 90s i don't think a lot of people really cared about it that much right you know which yeah. is a shame because it's really good
1: well i'll have to keep my eye out maybe that's a uh, <laughs> a speck that i should
0: yeah maybe look into
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man don't let jake know
1: i'm <laughs> shaking jesus sorry but that is my new spec no i don't know <laughs> nobody listened to me i have no idea what i'm talking about yeah
0: Now, as for terror i think you need someone who's more of a voice actor than anything else you know since they're going to be under like really heavy makeup and they have to be dryly funny i think comedic delivery is something that you do need with terror The nice thing about Terror is that they're a gender-practical character, so you could theoretically have a much wider range of actors play him than normal. Yeah. You know, and I I say him, but we've identified that that Terror is, you know, kind of (laughs) gender-utilitarian. Yeah. But I think I'd go with Michael Wincott. Okay. He was Guy of Gisborne in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He's got that really nice, deep, raspy voice. He was also... The warden in *The Count of Monte Cristo* and
1: okay, yeah, yeah.
0: The bad guy in *The Crow*. He has a really good dry delivery. He's really funny when he wants to be, but he is yeah. He has just got that voice that sounds like it's coming out of a chimney,
1: <laughs>
0: and <laughs> <laughs> and he's good at playing that kind of calm, lethal character. But the other person I think that would be really amazing in a supporting role would be Wendy Malik, as Alexis, Terror's assistant that you know is always giving him shit. Yeah. I love her so much. I think she is an absolutely gorgeous woman. I think she's really funny and sarcastic, and she's also mm-hmm. a little bit older, so she's able to portray that kind of, like, "Rye, I've seen all this shit before attitude.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then finally, like, I'd probably go with Christopher Landon for the director. He's the guy who directed the Happy Death Day movies and Freaky, which came out okay. recently with Vince Vaughn. And they're... yeah really fun horror comedies. Like I, I think he would be a really good fit for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it.
0: All right. I'm jumping to the bed. I can't wait to hear your answers.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, well, okay. So for the first question, I would, it's not necessarily comic book magic to say that I would not want this to be ever be in production. (laughs) It's, it's more that we would all benefit Should this never exist? Yeah. And I'm going to say (laughs) Deathmate. It's super unnecessary. It's too involved and complex. It would need to wrap in too many worlds that do not yet exist cinematically. And you would never, ever be able to find any people on Earth with enough muscles to encompass the true vibe of that comic (laughs) series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And don't even. Discuss animation because just no, no one wants to see that again. It died with the 90s, which, by the way, was 30 years ago.
0: Thanks. I hate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I have to live with this every day.
0: (laughs) I, man, like, it's one of those things that in hindsight, I'm like, this should not have even been a comic book. It's just, it's so not good and unremarkable.
1: It's so bad.
0: And the story of how it got made and the aftermath is far more interesting than any part of the comic itself it's so dumb exactly
1: exactly and so yes in short that would be a travesty upon the world so please never ever 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 so as far as the second part about terror i think natasha leon would make an absolutely amazing terror
0: oh fuck yes oh like
1: hearing her quip, mm. like through terror's witty lines, would send viewers over the fucking edge. yeah, and everyone loved her, so she would actually like, especially because she's kicking right now too. She's pretty popular yeah. right now as well, after Russian doll, and which, by the way, was great. yeah, I mean, it's just she's just an amazing actor to begin with, So I think she could really pull that off. Very, yeah,
0: very, and she's wow. got that new show on Peacock from Ryan Johnson. That's very good as well.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So if we're going for like cinematic, like boom,
0: yeah, I think no, she she's great. It. I really like her a lot. Like I said, it's a gender practical role and you need to focus yeah. more on the voice and the delivery. And Natasha Leon's yeah. kind of got that raspy voice too, which, you know, yes. I like that we both went That's for someone with a
1: raspy voice. That's the other voice. reason I was thinking of that. That's why I started laughing when you said raspy. I was like, yep, nope, same page. <laughs> and as far as directing, I think the Wachowski sisters oh, yeah. would actually be pretty good. To mm-hmm. put an actual gender spin on that or gender neutral spin, you know, yeah. putting some sort of like twist on that and having kind of a more empathetic eye to that experience.
0: Yeah. And I mean, nobody does visual flair like the Wachowskis. Right. Um, also, you know, ironic because I believe they worked with Dan on the Hellraiser comics.
1: Oh, shit. That's right.
0: Yeah. Well, Dan, hopefully you liked that answer. We are going to move on next to our friends Brad and Lisa Gullickson, who are otherwise known as
2: comic book couples counseling. Mike and Jessica, hello. Thank
3: you so much for having us. We love what you've done with the place.
2: We also love asking people questions. We're
3: freaking curious.
2: We could ask you right now about your favorite Valiant comic book, but we know it is Deathmate. The crossover with Image Comics, or actually, is it the Second Life of Doctor Mirage, Lisa? I hope
3: it's I. I hope it's the Mirages. You know, we love them. We
2: love two. the Mirages, but we won't ask Thanks that. Thanks to you. What if we asked about, like, you know? What's their favorite food, individually and collectively?
3: Collectively? <laughs> what do you like to eat together?
2: <laughs> but we, no, they, that's too silly. That's too simple. That's okay, too simple. Okay, okay,
3: well, don't say that, because somebody else might ask that question.
2: Oh, uh, well, they are fools, whoever those people are. <laughs>
3: fools, Shade. Brad thinks you're Shade, a fool. on thee.
2: <laughs> uh, no, we gotta get more personal. We're comic book couples counseling. We gotta get into it with Mike and Jessica.
3: Do you know what I'm curious about is like, we know that from our podcast, we find the our conversations leak into our regular daily life. I wonder if there's anything you've learned from doing 10 cent takes together that you find yourself applying to your life. Like okay. do you take that like dollar bin goblin mentality to other areas of focus? I like
2: that idea. I thought you were going to ask You know, how does 10 cent takes leak into their lives? Yeah. I would also like to know that. Like, does it slip out sometimes? You're like, ooh, that was a podcast moment that I've suddenly brought into my real life and my real (laughs) life finds it uncomfortable.
3: Oh, interesting.
2: Interpret that question however you want. But I guess that's our question. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay.
3: Just like our collective favorite food, that is our collective question.
2: (laughs) Well, our collective favorite food is... Hot dogs. We both love hot dogs. No, no, I don't
3: like, I specifically don't like hot dogs. Weird. Uh, Brad can't improv.
2: No, I can't. Uh, Thank you for asking us to participate in the asking of questions. (laughs) We enjoyed it. We hope you did too. Yep. (laughs) That's it.
3: Bye, love you.
2: I love the
1: absolute mishmash of amazing questions. I love
0: them so much. I am so glad that we're friends with them. It's great.
1: So happy! Oh my gosh. Well, I'll I'll jump into this. Yeah. Because I have definitely found my inner knowledge goblins seep into the real world. I feel like I'm constantly running into ways that comics hit real life or inspire things in my real life. That has been really cool being able to incorporate those interests into the podcast, like. Just the amount of friends I have that have found out about the podcast and have been able to introduce me to things, and then I've been able to bring that as an option to the podcast, it's been really neat to see the connections. Also, Tencent Takes absolutely leaks into my life a ton. I host a trivia a couple nights a week, and I get the opportunity to both get our name out to those audience members. I know for a fact that we've gained a few listeners that way, so hi to everyone who's listening from the uh, trivia. (laughs) <laughs> but it's also an opening for a conversation about comics with people who now know that I also have that interest. So I got into a conversation one night recently about the fucking Snyder verse.
0: <laughs> oh, good God. Why? Right.
1: I know. I was like, ah,
0: did you lose a bet?
1: <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Blink twice.
0: If you need me to pull you out of that.
1: Oh my gosh. God. I hate to say it. I think they were pro Snyderverse, And I was like, I need to find my way out of this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hard pass. Swipe left.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, and I kind of rotate my favorite foods, but Mexican food and Japanese food always hit just right. So, yeah, I get this amazing bento box situation from a local restaurant. So that's been kind Mm. of my fixation recently.
0: Yeah, I've absolutely noticed the same things that you have. I have started consuming a lot weirder and stranger media in general since we started the show. Like, right. I've always been one of those people who had a lot of guilty pleasure movies and TV shows, but I feel like it's gotten more extreme since the show started. Like, Sarah and I now regularly seek out cheesy sci-fi horror and fantasy movies when we don't have the kids around and we're just, we want something on. <laughs> and, you know, it's led to, like, a couple of, like, one cool thing that we're, that we're watching discussions. And, like, Tencent takes itself... The podcast has definitely bled into my life, and it's the same way where it's much more through the friendships that we've made. Like I talk with Lance and Jake from Comic Book Keepers and tales on almost a daily basis now via text message, and Guido from Dear Watchers regularly as well. Kelly from Goblin Bros is a friend of ours now. She, at some point, is going to come back on the show, and she's very excited about it, but yeah, it's really cool. Like, and the other thing is that supposedly I'm going to start helping the Friends of the Petaluma Library out with organizing their that's comic so book cool. collections. Supposedly, we'll see. But if that happens, that's definitely because of the podcast. Yeah. As far as favorite foods go, my answer is based on like what we have eaten together, which I think is just poutine from Brewster's and Moscow oh, Mules yeah. at the local Petaluma <laughs> bars.
1: <sighs> she did say collective. I don't follow instructions very well. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I quit my job. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I didn't want to follow directions. That was what it was.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. When we have our wedding reception, which, by the way, Sarah and I are officially engaged now. Woohoo. Wow. Not really a thing. It's for tax purposes, but we're going to get officially married on October 13th, on Friday the 13th. And then we're going to have a party. And I think. I think we're going to have the Roaring Donkey from Petaluma bartend the wedding
2: reception.
1: Fucking amazing. I'm 100% excited about that.
0: So more Moscow mules in your future.
1: Oh, my gosh. Don't mind me if I make an entire cocktail dress out of comic books or something stupid.
0: (laughs) I'll have time.
1: I did mention I just quit my job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So we're going to move on to the next question, which comes from Dear Watchers, a.k.a. Rob and Guido.
4: Hi, it's Rob. And it's Guido. And we are Dear Watchers, and we want to wish Mike and Jessica a super happy birthday. Yeah, happy anniversary or birthday or however you want to mark it as 10 Cent takes. But we're excited that you are marking it and that we can join you every week. I look forward to either a Discovery or a Deep Dive episode. I'm so glad you went to Weekly this year. And we're really excited to celebrate you with a few pop questions. Mm, Yes. And my first question is, what horror franchise would you like to see resurrected as a comic book? And my question is, what comic book would you like to see turned into a horror movie or TV show? This is a very multiverse-like question we have happy anniversary yay or birthday oh my gosh this
1: was such a good question
0: thank you for the excellent question robin guido it's so (laughs) so good there's so many franchises that i would love to see resurrected as a comic the biggest problem these days is that most of the iconic horror franchises have already had comics and or they're coming back as like transmedia properties that said i think Peter Jackson's 1996 movie, The Frighteners, would work really well as a comic. Like the world is set up pretty nicely in that movie, showing just how common ghosts are. And you could easily spin that out into more paranormal detective stories. And a comic that I'd like to see get a TV adaptation would be a pretty recent one. It's Dark Horse's 2019 Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. It's this really fun story about this alcoholic, disgraced TV reporter who becomes like a late night monster TV host. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) And then gets sucked into this world of supernatural evil and starts kind of like ineptly hunting monsters. I think it (laughs) would work really well as a horror comedy TV show.
1: I like that.
0: It's really good and it's on Hoopla. They just did a new series for it too recently that isn't on Hoopla yet. So I want to read it when it comes out. Nice. What about you?
1: Well, I'm a basic bitch. You know. (laughs) I want them to do more Hellraiser comics Mm. because there's I'm just such a huge fan of the ones that they have done so far and there's so much more exploration that can take place within that world given the right creators.
0: Mm -hmm. Would you want it brought back as another anthology comic?
1: Yeah yeah I think so and kind of do like a rotating writer and artist kind of a thing you know like we've seen done in the past yeah I think that was a good method for doing it and giving everyone kind of a you know a spot in the sandbox to play around
0: yeah i know they did a recent series i think from boom and it was more of a traditional comic book and then it also brought yeah. in the paranormal detective that clive barker had de amor i think is his name
1: yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. and it was like a whole thing and i think at one point like i think he became pinhead or something i need to read it like i only kind of read through a wiki summary I, but it sounded I read interesting some
1: of it yeah, it. I read through some of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more of that or some more in that world or, you know. Yeah. yeah. But as far as TV series turning something, a comic into a TV series, I would love to see Nice House on the Lake.
0: Oh, yeah. Into
1: a TV series. Holy shit. Yeah. I think that would do really well, both conceptually and style wise. You could do so much with the house itself. I think they've already given a really good blueprint in the comic, but also like zooming in and showing how it was tailored to each of the inhabitants would be a really good way of showing who that person was kind of like similarly to what they did in the comics, but you Mm -hmm. can do that really well with visual panning and with depth of detail and things like that in TV shows that I think, Would improve out of that comic book kind of setting, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I think that is a really great horror comic that focuses much more on character development than crazy over the top action or jump scares or anything like that. It's very much about interpersonal relationships and and yeah, the horror that can develop from that. It's really good. I like it.
1: Precisely, and you still get that visual effect of like. The apocalypse you know mm-hmm. and whatever what they see but that isn't the focus it's a factor mm-hmm. and i thought that was really interesting in the comic itself and i think it would play really well on tv
0: yeah as always robin guido hashtag podcast dffs thank you so much for sending <laughs> in the question we really appreciate it and I think we're due to record with them soon. I believe we have discussed doing an Armageddon 2001 crossover series of episodes.
1: Speaking of Armageddon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. The next question comes from Lance from comic book keepers.
5: To my very favorite trash goblins, Mike and Jessica with a K a very happy two year podcast anniversary Huge milestone, and I just wanted to say congratulations on developing a fantastic show that I look forward to listening to every single week. I wanted to stop by and ask a couple questions. Well, it'll kind of be a either-or. You can choose which one you'd prefer to answer. First one would be, what is your favorite comic you have found during your dollar bin discovery? So any dollar bin comic that was a surprisingly fantastic read or what is a book you are hunting for in the dollar bins that you have yet to come across or trying to complete some type of run so again congratulations on two years it's been fantastic getting to know both of you through this podcasting community i consider you both very close friends and i can't wait to have more nerdy hangouts more crossovers and just develop this friendship even more congratulations you too
1: So my favorite comic, only for the reason that it caused such an incredible rabbit hole that I have found in the dollar bins, is Chuck Norris. Oh, God. I watched so much stuff for that, for whatever it's worth. (laughs) But I found out (laughs) so much weird information. Totally worth it. And as far as things I'm, like, looking for... I don't have any real deep desires about comic like collection types of things uh, about anything that I want to collect comic-wise. I really don't have any, like, passing fancy that I think that I'm going to run into, like, an issue number one of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the first run. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's going to be a thing. <laughs>
0: you never know. <laughs> like, you in the dollar.
1: I mean, you never know. But, like, goals for real. But, like, I mean, but I do enjoy honestly, I do enjoy collecting things that our guests have written. So, I've especially liked running into uh, the St. George and Terror series written by two time guest and now friend Dan Chichester. So <laughs> I've gotten a good number of those. And
3: yeah.
1: Mike also alerted me to quite a few issues of Psy Force by previous guest Fabian Nicieza, including the first issue he wrote for that series. And so, and for Marvel, actually, that was the first one he wrote for Marvel, which is cool. Yeah, so, he-
0: he talked all about that the last full length episode that we released.
1: Yeah, it was it was such a fun conversation. And I found honestly what was mostly a full run of that while mm-hmm. we were out that day, which was super neat. So. Nice. Yeah, I I mean honestly it's like those are more sentimental like those are my friends now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so like the comments mean something to me in that way. So. Yeah. Yeah. But what about you?
0: Well, the best dollar bin discovery issue so far, I think, was the Transformers Back to the Future crossover issue that you got me. It was in that pile that you gave me around it's Christmas time. <laughs> it's great. It's legit fun. I did not expect it to work as well as it did. And it was really good. I picked up the trade paperback afterwards and it's great. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah. No
0: exaggeration. It's just it's I described it as like a real chocolate peanut butter mix, and I stand by that. (laughs) Somehow it just works, and it's a lot of fun. You know, a run that I actually started collecting because I found a bunch in the dollar bins was the OG Tomb Raider series, right? including Lara Croft's first appearance in comic books. They had it at the Antique Collective in Petaluma. They just had a shit ton of the issues.
1: That's so cool.
0: So over the past four or five months, I've managed to put together almost a complete run based on, on issues that I found randomly in the wild. Like I found number zero at Ivy's Hideout, which I attended the opening for last weekend. It's the new, in quotes, comic book store in Petaluma in the same location as Brian's Comics used to be. And it's really cool. It's like really decked out with a Poison Ivy theme but they don't have dollar bins but they have inexpensive back issues underneath their comic book wall of key issues and yeah. the other thing is when we went to get noodle and pick him up from the breeder we stopped over in noodle. grass valley and grass valley games grass valley games had a a ton of back issues that were also relatively inexpensive and I plucked a bunch of them i've got some coming from canada soon from another store that <laughs> the guy had them in his dollar bin section equivalent so i think i've got about Five or six issues that I still need to get to complete that first series run. And then I don't care about any of the spin-offs or anything like that. Like whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of the big one that I'm trying to collect right now. My ongoing run that I've been trying to pick up that I've been piecing together from Dollar Bins for almost a decade is a full run of ROM Space Night from Marvel.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Which I know you've helped me find a couple issues for.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: But yeah. You know, Lance, <laughs> thank you so much for that great question. Yeah, we had no idea how good of a friend you were going to become when you agreed to come onto our show to talk about NFL Super Pro and then oh gosh, have had right. us on to your show. And we're really excited to come back and talk about Death's Head at some point. And we'll have you on, obviously, to talk about something else at some point. I'm very excited about it. And likewise, another person that has a similar friendship to us is Jake from Spectales, who sent in the following.
4: What's going on, all you dollar bin goblins over at the Ten Cent Takes Podcast? This is Jake from Tales, just dropping in to say congratulations on your two year anniversary. Uh, very well deserved. Love your show, and I try to listen every single week. And I gotta admit, Mike, I am a little jealous of all of the dollar bin finds that you seem to dig up, just the best 90s and 80s gold variants, uh, gold gold foil variants is what it seems like. Anyway, I am here to ask you both a question. Has your co-host impacted the way you collect or have they impacted the way you collect since launching the show? So I just want to know how each one of you has changed the way that you collect based on your co-host. Thank you very much for having me on. And once again, congratulations.
0: I have definitely upped my 90s trash game since the show started, but... What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I also just, I find myself keeping an eye out for strange and interesting indie books more than anything else. And one of my favorite discoveries was Bats, Cats, and Cadillacs.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. That was amazing.
0: That I think that got included as like a free comic from from an order that I had with Nucadia and then I read it and I was like oh fuck yes we need to talk about this
1: it was so good
0: but yeah I think I think <laughs> in terms of the co-host affecting the collection style of the other I think I have definitely had a bigger pull in that direction with you uh,
1: yeah well uh considering I wasn't actually collecting comics until <laughs> we started this podcast <laughs> And Mike and I have met up a good deal of times over the last couple of years to go digging through the dollar bin, so he has absolutely shaped my collection very truly. (laughs) Plus, the show itself has done that, as I really do prefer, if possible, to read physical comics. I have a really hard time concentrating on reading on screens, so I have sought out and purchased a good number of the things that we've read for the show.
0: Yeah, likewise. Everything that we have talked about on the show at least one of us owns copies of
1: yeah so exactly yeah so yeah i have definitely found seven eight what i have eight boxes now i have eight boxes now mike i had to buy another box
0: it's a sickness
1: it is but you know i'm building a whole new storage shed (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's how it starts <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be a recording studio too don't worry everyone i'll get out of you can't see me but i am in a veritable blanket fort in a comforter fort
0: yeah you know it's funny because when jake first reached out to us to come on the show with him and jesus Spectales, i didn't know what it was going to be like because I think we had just recently released an episode where I was actively shitting all over comic book speculators and and how they were <laughs> they were driving up the prices of my beloved weird indie comics and it was really good. I I had such a fun time going on their show and at some point we're having them on to talk about the '90s comic boom. Uh, it just it just hasn't happened yet because things keep on popping up and. Diverting my attention. So I'm very sorry. We're bringing you on, I swear. But
1: listen, Mike, every five seconds is like, squirrel, squirrel.
0: (sighs) Very much so. Or, you know, something like the Supreme Court invalidating Roe versus Wade comes out, and I'm like, hey, we should probably take a look at abortion in comics.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. You know, just little things like that.
0: Or I find something absolutely ridiculous and I'm just like, we need to focus on this right now, which is kind of in keeping with the show that our next question comes from, which is Multiverse of Badness. Mike over there had us on to talk about the, it was the episode of The Avengers where they went on Letterman. Was that it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that was so good. We're supposed to have them on at some point to talk about another comic that I'm very excited about. But uh, yeah. Mike, take it away.
5: Hey Jessica, Mike. This is Mike from the
4: Multiverse of Badness podcast. I had a question for the two of you. And you can both answer it, or you can answer one each. I don't care, so I guess there are really two questions. Name a movie you would love to see a miniseries adaptation of, and one you would love to see an extended run of, and the more you can add to convince me why, the better. Happy two-year anniversary, guys, and good luck bin-busting!
1: Well, we just talked about this for one of our dollar bin discovery episodes that we just had with Paul Cupperberg that'll be out right before this, right? Yep. Sick titties. Okay. Um but <laughs> but I really dug Skate Man from PC <laughs> from Pacific Comics and I'm so upset. I was devastated to find out that there were no more issues past the initial one. So fucking Disappointed.
0: I think you are the first person that I have ever heard of legitimately and unironically enjoying that comic book.
1: What? (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) Like, listen, I like I have other I say that like I don't have any other roller skate media in my life. Like I have roller skating like queer women. Like I have the good shit, but like listen, I needed this bad shit too. (laughs) It's fair. (laughs) Like.
0: Oh, man.
1: Oh, well, what about you? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a tough one. I know one movie that I saw recently and I really liked was Hotel Artemis. Yeah. It's set in a near future Los Angeles where like the city privatized water and there's like as a result, a to- like a total societal breakdown. And the story itself is about this members only hospital for criminals that operates out of a closed down hotel. And it's got this like really stellar cast that includes Jodie Foster and Sterling K. Brown and Sophia Patella and Jeff Goldblum and Brian Tree Henry and Jenny Slate and Zachary Quinto and Charlie Day and Dave Bautista. It's like how (laughs) like it's one of those movies where I saw the trailer for it. and I'm like, oh, hell yes, I'm in. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, son of a bitch. And then it hit streaming real quick. And I was like, this is amazing. Like how how is everybody not talking about this? Yeah. But it's one of those movies that gives us like all these cool nonverbal glimpses of the world outside. And it's just this outstanding and really fun movie. And I think it could really work into either a miniseries or an extended series. Mm. As for the miniseries that I'd like to see an extended run of, I mean, obviously the answer is Machine Team, right? Like, what? (laughs)
1: What? <laughs> um, why is that no. the obvious answer?
0: <laughs> oh, that series was such garbage. Um, no, no seriously, no, Okay, that's so why
1: I'm so confused.
0: The serious answer is a mini series that I really loved, and I would love to see brought back. Is Victorian Undead? It's basically it's Sherlock Holmes fighting against various supernatural threats. So the first miniseries series was about him dealing with the zombie apocalypse, and the second is him fighting Dracula, and I think. There was a one shot where he fought. It may have been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It may have been Frankenstein. I can't remember which. But yeah, that was kind of a criminally neglected couple of miniseries that I would love to see more stories set in that universe.
1: Yeah, I dig it. So I'm going to say not a movie, but a TV show. I would love to see The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. They did recently as a miniseries.
0: Yeah, like that was a that was a really, really good show. I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, it was real freaking good. Yeah, I think it would do well as a comic.
0: Yeah, I I could see that. Our next question comes from Veronica of the SJW Comic Book Club, who we recorded with last year. We went on their show and talked about Cheer Up, which is a very cute queer romance that was a blast
1: that i picked
0: yeah that was a good choice man like that's still sitting (laughs) on our bookshelf
1: oh yeah oh i keep mine out too it's great
0: yeah and then we had them on to talk about the star trek and x-men crossovers
1: oh my god so good it was a lot of fun it was so fun
3: Hi, Mike and Jess. This is Veronica from the SJW Comic Book Club podcast, repping for Monte and Melissa as well. Our question is, what era of
1: comics are you most excited to find in the dollar bins? Or just, what is your favorite
3: era of comics?
0: So yeah, I think my favorite era is, I guess it's called the Copper Age. It's what came after the Bronze Age, which ended in 1985. It's kind of that period from the mid 80s to the I think mid-90s, but that was when we were starting to see a lot of really kind of interesting indie comics coming out. And we also had that glut of comics hitting the market thanks to all of the success that was going on. Some of the most fun stuff that we find is from that era, at least from my perspective. I have found some absolutely bananas comics. That's where we got Captain Nauticus and the Ocean Force. That's where Bats, Cats, and Cadillacs came from. I feel like it was kind of the Wild West for comics, and as a result, everybody was throwing stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And, you know, for the most part, a lot of it didn't work out, but as a result, we got some really cool, interesting stuff, and some stuff that also was not great. See, (laughs) most of the stuff that was coming out from Continuity Comics at the time.
1: Goodness gracious, seriously. (laughs)
0: We're looking at you, crazy man.
1: Whoa, we are looking directly into your insane eyes. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's funny because I'm sitting right below you in years because I am looking like right at the Bronze Age, like specifically the early 80s is kind of where I'm sitting. Which yeah. is fascinating because I would have told you initially that I don't really have an era, which is actually exactly what I told you when we were having this conversation at first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know. You did bring up some of the episodes we've had, like Stainless Steel Rat and Skate Man and, you know, a few other ones that really have hit that Bronze Age. And again, especially that early 80s mark. So I think that's probably, I guess, where I'm sitting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the early 80s was a really cool time also for comics. That was when we were getting a lot of really experimental stuff from the big two. DC has an entire couple of volumes called the 80s where they talk about the experiments that they were doing as well as like the big stuff.
1: Oh, cool. That's neat. Yeah. Well, that was a great question.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Veronica. And we will hopefully be recording with you again soon.
1: Yes. Collabs in the future, please.
0: So those are all the questions that we received from our friends. We are so grateful to everyone that sent them in. And thank you so much for helping us celebrate our anniversary. The show would not be where it is without you.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. I am so looking forward to another, you know, couple years, however many years. You know, this has been such a cool journey. And I'm just so thankful that we have had such support and that i have such a freaking awesome co-host like mike Aww. does a lot of the freaking heavy lifting for the podcast at this moment and it is appreciated and yeah i just thanks for all you do mike you're awesome
0: yeah well you know the shoe's gonna be on the other foot when i turn into a bridezilla so you know
1: yeah true i'm, I'm gonna be my very job busy so I can do this podcast
0: Yeah, I'm going to be very, very busy, you know, making sure that all the bridesmaids dresses match and that the cake is perfect.
1: I'm going to wear a sage green, even though you told me you didn't like that color.
0: It has to be salmon. God damn it, get it through your head.
1: (laughs) That doesn't go with my skin tone. How many times have I told you?
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, we're having actually serious discussions about whether or not we're going to wear hockey masks to the wedding ceremony because it's on Friday the 13th.
1: Oh my god fuck yes all
0: right so we we we're gonna do a couple more questions between each other and then we'll see you after that so jessica what is your final question
1: okay mike what are you most looking forward to in the upcoming year
0: i have not been able to figure out an answer to this question
1: I was going to say, you literally wrote nothing.
0: I literally wrote nothing. It was like, I don't know. And it's not because I don't think there's anything to look forward to. I think there's just so much to look forward to. I am really looking forward to continuing our interviews with really cool creators. Yeah. I am looking forward to making more friends. I am looking forward to continuing to grow the show. I really want to set up a merch store at some point this year and start selling. Yeah. Things Like t shirts and other stuff, and also getting Sarah to do more art for us. It's there's just a lot of stuff that I'm really excited about. I'm also very excited to get our house construction done and actually have a legit area that serves as a studio and comic book dungeon. So, you know, that'll be nice.
1: Yes. I like how we're uh, both working towards that goal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's is uh, this
1: becoming is this our whole personality now, Mike?
0: Pretty much, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, what about you?
1: (laughs) Kind of relatedly, I'm really excited for our merch that we've been setting up. Mm. Again, it's pretty new, but it has been nice to have something other than our business cards to give to folks. Yeah. And I absolutely love the art that Sarah's been doing for the show. We're so freaking fortunate to have her in our corner and I'm yeah. really excited to see what other goodies we can commission from her. We've already got some ideas that we're batting around. We want piles to make more of more <laughs> of a scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I'm hoping everybody else is super excited. So if you want to see something specific, I mean, give us ideas. Nothing's in stone. So if you're like, hey, I really want to see T-shirts, like, you know, that yeah. just lets us know that we're in the right direction or, you know, whatever else. There's lots of yeah. shit you can do with merch these days.
0: The other thing that we should mention is that if you leave us a review and send us a screenshot, we will happily send you a keychain and a couple of stickers right now. Yeah. You just need to send us that screenshot and your mailing address.
1: Yeah. Pre-merch store. You could have it before everyone else.
0: Yeah. That makes it more collectible, right?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. hurry. Hurry. Put them behind glass <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, oh. so my final question is, what was your kidding. most and least favorite piece of media that you consumed for the show?
1: Okay listen <laughs>
0: that was a that was a pregnant pause.
1: I have a tie. that's why. okay. I have a tie because. It's between the fucking Snyder verse and Deathmate.
0: To both of those, but okay.
1: At least I was able to pause Snyderton, you know, but (laughs) like Yeah, I don't know. Deathmate was probably the most difficult to get through, if we're being honest. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I had no fucking idea who anyone in that fucking comic was. Yes, that needed two F bombs in that sentence, because that's how (laughs) I feel. It felt like way too insider baseball. It was too much.
0: Well, you know, and it's funny because we had Brad and Lisa on to discuss that. That was our first podcast crossover. And Brad and I were in the camp of like, we grew up with this. We knew everything that was going on. You and Lisa, on the other hand, were just like, (laughs) what the actual (laughs) fuck is this nonsense? (laughs) I I think at one point Brad was like, oh, I have the green tie in issue. Because they, they couldn't release them with a numbered sequence. They had to release them by colors. Oh, my gosh. And then some of the colors were, like, exclusive to like, previews magazine and stuff. And you could, oh, whatever. Anyway. But, yeah. It was he, ridiculous.
1: He had, yeah, you had to figure out what order to read them in. Like, you had to yeah. look it up. Like, you had to do your motherfucking research just to read this comic.
0: Yeah, I like the bit, though, where Lisa was like, yeah, Brad said, like, oh, well, I also have the green one. And I said, no, thank you. And I was like, yeah, it's fair. <laughs>
1: That's pretty much how I felt towards the end. I was like, I I, I don't think I could. Yeah. I don't think and, I could.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I actually listened to Rob Liefeld's podcast for that bullshit. Why? Jesus Christ.
1: Yes, I know. <sighs> but, like, again, I know your poor ears, your poor brain.
0: It was more my brain than anything else because, man, that whole episode was just one wild ride where he spends a lot of time actively shit-talking the other Image co-founders and then also just lies about how well Deathmate red sold and <laughs> oh like gosh. and also just totally owns up to and doesn't apologize for the fact that he really fucked over a lot of people because he was so late getting that issue to bob layton it's wild
1: what a nice guy
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was what was your most favorite like which one did you enjoy the most
1: My most favorite. Oh, I didn't write this, did I? Nope. Dang. Man, we've had some really good things that we have read for this and watched. Mm -hmm. I I love Highlander. I'm still a big Highlander fan. So that brought me a lot of joy going back and, and watching, you know, because we watched all of the movies and
0: <laughs> and the tv the shows series <laughs> and
1: you know we watched like everything and then we read a shit ton of comics and i had a great time throughout
0: yeah that yeah. was a fun one
1: yeah there can mm. only be one
0: mike <laughs> yeah you got to say that as what was it the juan sanchez ramirez the <laughs> <laughs> the Egyptian by way of Spain, who then spoke with the most Scottish Scottish accent that ever Scottish.
1: Listen, the casting was impeccable is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: God. Yeah. Mm.
1: <laughs> well, what about you,
0: man? I let's see. I think my most favorite. I don't know. Just in terms of kind of like cackling at the fact that we were doing that was maybe Debbie does Dallas.
1: I knew you were gonna fucking say that. I knew it.
0: May like I think I'm also a little bit biased because that was such a an interesting episode to research.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can appreciate that.
0: The comic itself was really interesting and meta. The movie was not good. Um,
1: no, no, no.
0: I I think in terms of just. The media that we talked about that I purely enjoyed the most, I think, was actually. I think it was Bats, Cats, and Cadillacs.
1: Yeah, I can see that. That was a lot of fun.
0: For a two issue series, it feels very kind of like pure and wholesome. Yeah. But still very fun and weird and goofy. I can't think of a better word than just fun. And I think after a lot of the slogs that I had had reading, it was this really nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, you can yeah. see that. My yeah. least favorite. Mm, Tell me. Hmm. I think that you know. I honestly, I think the comic that I disliked the most that we were reading was the Heroes Against Hunger comic. That heroes, uh,
1: heroes for hunger <laughs> that DC put out
0: because it's yeah. it's not good and it feels no extremely tone deaf and um yes you know and just very uh disingenuous in a lot of ways like you know and that's we talked about that in our episode where we talked about Marvel and DC's hunger relief comics and this was the the DC one that came out a year after they had done one for Marvel that was the X-Men Heroes for Hope and yeah the X-Men one was actually pretty interesting and they actually addressed the fact that like the evil that they had to fight couldn't actually be fought in a real tangible way. And the DC one on the other hand, it was like this weird extra dimensional alien. And he's like, just there's this knockdown drag out fight because they just didn't know what they were doing. And it was like created by the same people too. And I was like, oh, so you were just trying to have lightning strike twice and like get some, some props from it. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It it feels kind of gross, to be honest.
1: Agreed. Yep.
0: I mean, <laughs> the only reason I'm not saying Crazy Man, I think, is because Crazy Man had a much more interesting backstory for how it came to be, and and kind of the, the story of continuity that was surrounding it.
1: At least and, there's that. And also,
0: it's just, it's weird. <laughs> it's
1: like... Yeah.
0: You can tell that the people who are making it were trying to make something that was interesting. Yeah. yeah Hero, Heroes Against Hunger feels like this very disingenuous thing that was put out just to sell comics and it's wildly tone deaf.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Ooh, I've got one other question for you.
1: Oh, oh, surprise. Extra additional question. Everyone bonus jackpot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you regret pulling the show off of Spotify?
1: Spotify who? We don't know her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you.
1: Like what? like i we were just talking about how we have like just such yeah. great like listeners and <laughs> like i don't what are we missing i don't
0: nothing i've just it's funny oh, because oh
1: no. joe rogan will never want to be on our show oh, that's what a, shame. a fucking bummer
0: no i just i was thinking about that the <laughs> other day because One of the podcast groups that I'm in, they were comparing sources for traffic downloads and I showed ours and they were like, oh, is that green one? Is that Spotify? And I was like, no, we're not on Spotify. We were on Spotify for, I think, all of three weeks, maybe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then they started getting weird with what they were promoting. And just was like, cool. Yeah. Disinformation. Yikes.
0: Yeah. They doubled down on promoting voices, spreading vaccine disinformation. And we were like, "Mm, it's cool. We don't really want to be here.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't regret it. I think it was the right move. I, Yeah.
1: Not to say we're better than that, but we're fucking better than that. So we 100% are. Yeah. So, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that's the end of our episode here. Wrapping it up. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us for this anniversary two-year episode. We will have a dollar bin discovery next week and then we will have another deep dive two weeks from now and until then we'll see you in the stacks
0: thanks for listening to 10 cent takes accessibility is important to us so text transcriptions of each of our published episodes can be found on our website
1: this episode was hosted by jessica Fraser and mike thompson written by jessica Fraser and mike thompson and edited by mike thompson our intro theme was written and performed by Jared Emerson Johnson of Bay Area Sound. Our credits and transition music is Pursuit of Life by Evan MacDonald and was purchased with a standard license from Premium Beat. Our banner graphics were designed by Sarah Frank, who's at LookMomDraws.com.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us questions, or tell us about how we got something wrong, please head over to TencentTakes.com or shoot an email to TencentTakes at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter for now. The official podcast account is Tencent Takes. Jessica is Jessica Witha, and Jessica is spelled with a K. And Mike is Van Sau, V-A-N-S-A-U. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Mastodon, and Hive. A full list of our socials will be listed in the show notes.
1: If you'd like to support us, be sure to download, rate, and review wherever you listen.
0: Stay safe out there.
1: And support your local comic shop.